This episode has been brought to you by Faith Bynum CPA PC. We're more than just taxes, and we're ready to help entrepreneurs and business owners reach their goals. We offer business strategy and development, nonprofit management, outsourced CFO and accounting department, and we serve as advisors for startups, small businesses, and entrepreneurs. You're building your dream. We can help you take it to the next level. Find us at faithbynum.com and 919-858-6807. We're Faith Bynum CPA PC, where people matter. All right, so we can get right into it, you know, as we always do. I just want to know how your fellas, how y'all day was today, you know. Jamie, what was going on, man? How was your day? Yeah, man, I got body checked by technology. I tried to, uh, took my daughter to, uh, to the Millbrook game, and she needed $7, and I had to cash out her, but there's no <laughs> phone line over there, no shit like that, so we had to ride around until I got a signal, so I was rushing to get back. Technology is not for the weary. Uh, bro. I couldn't give it seven dollars cash. I had to go through the GoFan app, so I'm rushing to get back here. Gotcha. James started at seven. So. Bro, this is a new technology too. This is, this is a different type of technology out here today, boy. And I'm like, yeah, I got you right here. I'm typing the shit in. No right. signal. Right. Well, it, was, it was a Millbrook High School basketball game, or yeah, they got oh, okay. a game tonight. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 She stay on the games because you took it to a game last Friday when I was down. There. I sure did. Southeast Raleigh. Okay. Bet. All right. All right. Coach, what about you? How was your day, man? Man, I'm blessed just to be here talking to y'all, man. I can't complain. And if you do complain, nobody cares anyway. So Absolutely. Just, <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, right? Absolutely. So we just here. We just black men trying to figure it out. Absolutely. No, that's right. Facts. All right, Quan, what's up with you, man? It was an uneventful day. This worked. Man, um, I, I had a um a decent um Weekend, I was down North Carolina the past weekend for um, Ronald King weekend. We visit my folks down with Forest, mm. um, and actually I went to the South Carolina State game when I was down there. So good, good um, pull out, coach. I was sweating bullets a little bit, man. But you put- <laughs> oh, man. Oh, unfortunately, all of them gonna be like that, man. Yeah, oh, is that right? It's a good league. It's a good league. League games, yeah. yeah. And last but not least, my man JJ. What's up, man? How was your day? You know what? It was actually pretty good. Uh, I started, this is this is the first week back in classes. Um, my first lecture was a day. All my classes are packed. I actually got a waiting list for a couple classes. So I'm excited about knocking this semester out and um, you know, getting getting to the summer, man. So so far so good. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. And my day was what it was. Like I said, it was just a normal day, you know, but I'm blessed to be here. So we here. So we can get right into it. But before we do. I want to introduce our guest of the evening. He is a former player of North Carolina Central University, of course, graduate 1996. He is currently the former, not former, what I said, he is currently the head coach of the North Carolina Central basketball team. He is the four-time MEAC tournament championship coach and three-time MEAC regular season championship coach. Gentlemen, give it up for Mr. Lavelle Moten. Hey, Absolutely. He graduated twice, oh. though, from Central. 
Yeah, I had to. I had to run it. I had to uh, double eagle. Yeah, I certainly like myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's what's up. Oh, yeah, so, okay, so we learned something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Need somebody now. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, time leading score for uh, on the basketball team. If I'm if I'm correct, that's correct, Coach. What you? I can't. I can't I'm sorry. The all time leading um score for the university. Third, third. I'm like 20 points behind Sam Jones and oh, 20. Okay. Like 20 oh. points and some. I, I think Ted Manning is first or something. Oh yeah, oh, Ted okay. is. Ted oh okay. Yeah, okay. Ted. Well, we happy to have you here, man. Like, we really appreciate you coming on. So, just enjoy the ride and kick it with us, and we're gonna get into these topics. Absolutely. So, yes, 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 I got it. So, listen, I wanna, uh, I wanna start with um, something that I think we all can kind of relate to, uh, being men of color. Whether you are in corporate America, you are in the field of academia, such as myself, sports, such as coach. But there's this, there's this, there's this myth, or is it a myth, or is it a fact about professional sports owners um, um, facilitating like this plantation um, mentality when it comes to players? And before I pass it, I just want to throw some things at you guys. And coach, I'm almost certain you're familiar with some of these numbers. I'm about to throw at you guys, but also correct me if if I'm wrong. Um, when it comes to owners, uh, professional sports owners, I think in the NFL there are only six, and of the six, um, there's only one one of of color. Um, and I do notice too. I know that um, statistically, um, in the NBA, I think about um, 87 percent of the players are, are men of color. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, it's a, it's about seventy eight, seventy nine percent, seventy something like that. Major League Baseball is only about maybe um, 38, 40%. And I'm saying all this to say, I'm saying that to say this, um, when I think about professional sports and I think about corporate America and I even think about academia and me being a professor at a PWI, all these things are intertwined to me. And also when I think, I never forget this comment that um, Laura Ingram made about LeBron. LeBron said something regarding politics and she told LeBron to shut up and dribble. I don't know if you guys remember that mm-hmm. um, back in, I think, 2018 or 2019. And to me, that was historical dog whistle commentary. Um, basically, um, that whole owner mentality, right, um, 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 spill. So I guess my question to you guys is, um, because I do believe it exists, I believe um, that plantation owner or slave mentality is a thing. Um, and again, um, I don't have time to go into the numbers, but I was gonna give you guys some numbers about uh, when integration happened with Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, and it took forever for these things to pop off. Mm-hmm. But I will say this before I pass it though. Uh, before, and even now, but before we were integrated, um, that was part of um, generational wealth being set back too. These guys play in their own leagues and the money didn't generate. It's, it, it, the blueprint of that, it still exists today when you look at gentrification, but it was just in sports. So it was gentrification, but it happened in sports. If you really mm-hmm. look at it, break it down. And it really set back those professional athletes in terms of building wealth prior to um, sports being integrated. So I guess the question is, guys, let me, let me, let me, let me push it. Um, 
in terms of professional sports owners and, and, and the plantation mentality, do you feel as if that exists or is it, is, or is it a myth? Um, and uh, coach, if you want to start it off, we can start with you and you can just kind of give your, you know, your spill on it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's deep, man. Um, you know, it's really deep, you know, to be completely honest with you, man. Um, does that exist? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And I, I think we know that. I Look, man, we, we're, we're black men. I think we're all around the same age. Um, and we're all just a sum total of our life experiences, right? Mm -hmm. That's who we are at our right. core. On the flip side, um, the owners are just a sum total of their life experiences, right? So let, let me give you a scenario. Let me give you a scenario. And this, this will probably help you put it in perspective, right? Because as I've in my field, you know, it's basketball, right? So it's all six degrees of separation, right? So I, I meet some incredible people along the way. I meet some owners, I meet some GMs, I meet some everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And so everyone thinks it's racism. Mm -hmm. And please don't get it twisted. There is a level of racism that's systematic. Active, right, yeah. that's systemic and actively involved and it's not going anywhere. It's just what it is, right? It is. But a large part of it is not racism, it's familiarity too, right? And so you have owners, you have presidents of PWI universities, you have athletic directors of Power Five universities. And the familiarity of those individuals is to say, let's say the mantra is, hey, let's go do lunch today. Well, who are mm -hmm. they going to do lunch with? Who are they inviting to their homes at night? It's people mm -hmm. that Right, right. I look right. like them, think like them, and act like them. So when it's right. time for them to hire someone, they feel so much more comfortable receiving a reference from someone that they know and have had dinner and broken bread with, you know, for the most part. Right. So right. let's say an NFL owner, right? And and it's a football team out there that I would not comment on, man, because they fans are just crazy, <laughs> and I don't know how in the world someone can support this football team. <laughs> like I, Me neither. Right. I, like, that, I can't even, I, I don't even know. want to go there. Yes. <laughs> can't because it's one thing, we're so emotionally attached, man, that we lose just sight of real things, right? Right. So that owner, a, a picture has recently surfaced of mm -hmm. that owner, mm -hmm. right? And the owner's response was, hey, I was just- I was just there. Yeah, I was there, I was curious or whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> Many would, would think that that was a mob. <laughs> what mm. was you there for? What was you there to witness, right? right? Did you see the faces of the other individuals in the picture, right? right. didn't right. catch you by surprise. Nobody texted you and said, come down here, <laughs> right? <laughs> This was well thought out and planned. Well thought out. It, to me, it appeared as if it was a mob that was there to just bully and do any and everything to these young black individuals to prevent them from going into school and provide scare tactics and so on and so forth. Right. So now let's go deeper. I take into consideration that you was fourteen year old kid. None of us want to be judged by the things we did when we right. were fourteen. Right. right. However. Let's say he's seven, I don't know how old he is. Let's say he's 75 years old right now. So that means he was born in the 40s. So he was born in a world of Jim Crow, 
He was born in a world pre versus Brown versus Board of Education. Mm-hmm. He was born in a, a world um, pre Voters Right Acts, Fair Housing Acts, Civil mm-hmm. Rights, right? And so the very fortune in which he acquired his wealth is the same system that we're asking him to go against. And that's, right, right. that don't even make sense, wow. right? Right. So he, he he's benefited from this this system. And so now we're asking him at 75, 80 years old to show some sympathy and remorse and have some empathy towards people that don't look like him and not just going to happen. Right. Right. And so I just use him, for example. But that's the mindset and the mentality of other owners. Right. And a large part of this is people just don't have empathy and sympathy for black people. Right. And the reason. Like. I was a public school teacher for a couple of years and I was like, yo, this is, it, it just bugged me out that if you turned, if you turned and we all took history, mm-hmm. if you opened up your history books, it was 300 pages and it was only five black people in those history books. <laughs> Same black five. Same mm-hmm. black five, right? They, 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 they gave you some Harry Tubman, they gave you some Rosa Parks, they gave you some Jackie Robinson. They gave you a page of Martin Luther King. You better believe it. You might get, uh, you know, Muhammad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Malcolm X. Frederick Douglass. No, you ain't gonna get no Malcolm X. The last one is Frederick Douglass. Fred. Those are the five, right? But just the five that we could name. So think about this: If I'm a young black kid in a public school system, I'm saying to myself, only five people that look like me had. Uh, incredible impact on this world. Now, mm. if I'm a white kid, I'm thinking, well, that means the other 295 pages must be about me. It might have to be. Right? Mm-hmm. So both of them are leaving miseducated because one of them have an inferiority complex that they shouldn't have. And one of right. them have a superiority complex that they shouldn't have. Neither right. one of them have been taught properly about neither. Right? Mm-hmm. And so now right. white folks can never empathize and sympathize with the struggles of black folks mm-hmm. and so they just become adults and now we're asking them to be adults and go back and have empathy frederick mm-hmm. douglas once said it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men right wow. that's a powerful quote when i was in fourth grade now on the flip side of that black people we've been different because when i was in fourth grade um my black history teacher um she said we read the diary of anne frank Right. And at the end of that that diary, we had to write a page essay about we had to write a page essay to the Jewish community and how our heart went out to them and how we empathize and sympathize with what happened to them. And it was a great lesson for us. Right. Mm -hmm. It was something that needed to be done. But now, as I got known, I said, you know what, that's that's crazy because. Nobody of any other race in the school system ever had a project where they had to write. A, a page essay devoted to slavery black and slavery. Mm-hmm. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like that's when you're taught to feel. That's when you're taught to have compassion when we're right. that young, right? And so people have never had an opportunity to do that. And so when they become adults and they benefit from this very system that we're complaining about, mm-hmm. we want them to change. And that's not even right. logic. I, I wouldn't do it myself if I was them. Why? Right. I don't right. billions for this system. No, let's right. keep this system in place. Yeah. <laughs> right. I like, billions. I like the president that made me get a billion dollars. <laughs> you know, so billions. 
changing city council? Why are we changing the government? Why no, I like these laws. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be a thing. So that's what ultimately happens, man. And then when the social and political aspect kind of intertwine into these worlds, we want people to feel what we felt and they can't number. They not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the plight of the black man right there within itself. Absolutely. Kishara, what what do you think? Oh, this is hard for me, you know, especially not really being a, a sports person, but it all makes sense. Like everything that Coach just said, like it kind of, as he was talking, it was making sense in my head. You know what I mean? Right. Like I can yeah. see like the obvious was there, like with the way we just talking about the incident of what had just surfaced. When that happened, it actually made me think about it more because I really never thought about it before. It's kind of like one of those things you don't think about it until it's like really put in your face. Like some things we just know right. exists. But until it's put in your face, you actually start thinking about it more. So when that happened, I did actually think about it more. So the question I had when that happened, I was like, I wonder how many other owners feel or have that same thought process. You know what I mean? Like, because most majority of the owners are white men. So I wonder how many of them actually, you know, have that same thought process or has been through a situation like that. It just has resurfaced, you know, for them, especially if they're in his same age bracket, like, are most of are most my question to y'all is are most of the owners in his same age bracket or so they're are they you know younger no you know what you know what professional professional sports teams if you really think about ownership it reminds you of congress mm-hmm. it, it mimics congress you have yeah. these older because i think now ownership comes with generational wealth right right and so think and you know when you talk about group you can't you can have yeah. the money but you're also gonna have, be in a group but yeah, and it's in the strength of your social circle. So when you, t- when you talk about the strength of social circles and who you rubbing elbows with, um, coach just mentioned that, who, who, you know, folks getting invited to the house and sit down. And if you don't have a seat at the table and you don't have generational wealth, um, a lot of times folks ain't going to speak up for you. And like coach said, this is systemic. Like, man, listen, I'm, I'm my feet up on my desk based upon the system that's been put in place. Why am I going to change that? I have no means. I, I don't want to change that. Right. So, Right. But Jamie, question, what you do think? you think it I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was say, do because it's so systemic and it's it's generational, I know racism ain't gonna never go nowhere. I think that's it's here to stay. Do you <laughs> right, think right. it's at some point, mm-hmm. you know, with you know, I think I guess we're tr- progression slowly, but we're getting it, it could shift like this what you're talking about, you know, like I know it's the plantation mentality we're talking right. about, but can't, you know is what, it you, possible to 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 get better? Allow me to jump in. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. it's systematic and it's a it's a system that's been working so well because this is the same group of people that kept Donald Trump out because Trump wanted to be uh, owner of an NFL team, which is why he took over the USFL. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew very well to keep him out of there because he's a fucking lunatic. Mm-hmm. But in this regard, it's it is what it is. It's a slave owner's mentality. Like, you know, going to prison is the new way to be slaves. This is just a, another offshoot of it, sadly. Right. But if you're if we're expecting them to change, it won't be this generation. It'll be probably their kids' kids. So long after we're gone, is what you're saying? Way long after we're gone, bro. This is, this is a done deal. Hmm. Name change. We only got one in, in the NFL. We'll just look at that. They only got one colored owner. His name is Shad Khan, and he's not black. He's, like, I think, Indian. He's so, Pakistani. Pakistani. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. not yeah. from here. That's the only okay. one. Everybody else. Well, I'll take that back. Walmart just 
bought the Broncos along with uh, Star Wars. I, I forgot his name, but his wife is black. Mm. She co-owns the Broncos, so that's your black owner. That's your one. And the Bills, oh, the, the, the Bills, uh, the Asian uh, Asian woman owns. I think she's she's um, majority owner of the Bills, the Buffalo she Bills. Will be white. Yeah, right. And you yeah. know that. Right. Carmen, what you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's a deeper, a deeper, um, even get more deeper with it is mm-hmm. the fact that I think I think a, if you look at the col- uh, the combine, right, and this was a recent um, discussion that happened with the uh, NFL executive Troy Vincent, mm-hmm. and um, he made a comment about you know it being kind of like a, a plantation mentality, some to that degree, and the owners had a fit. The one we were talking about, who's one of them, off the blank, and, you know, and it might have been another uh, owner. And I guess how they was seeing it is the fact that how most, I would say, a good portion of probably a lot of privileged people already see it. Like, how can you complain? These these athletes is getting life-changing, you know, money. And mm-hmm. a lot of people aspire to be that. How can you complain as a mentality, you know, and they, and they go down their list of all the things they have, whatever, but it's the failure of like this is still a small percentage of people who even make it to that level as far as being an athlete, a professional athlete in general. Right. You know what I'm saying so, and the people who's paying them, they are like you know I'm saying they billionaires compared to millionaires. So it's almost like a, a in a sense of ownership. So I'm not knocking anybody who I mean we all probably had dreams of being a professional athlete. That's you know hoop dreams, football dreams, whatever. So there's nothing wrong with that, but. There is a parallel, you know what I'm saying, in regards in terms of just like the way he was comparing, like, you know, you know, seeing the athlete, how hot he can jump, how fast he can run, everything else. And I get to a certain extent, like you, you're about to invest, you know, you know, money to buy an athlete, you know what I'm saying? You want a person to, you know, be you know, the best person for your organization as well. But some of the similarities still goes to the point like when some of these slave owners were owning slaves mm-hmm. and trying to see, okay, we got a big strong buck and he can pick these, you know, piles and, and they they basically measure him and what he can do. Or if you got, you know, a, a, a woman slave and she got, you know, uh, childbearing hips and stuff like that, these measuring these things because it's also a process of making money in the future. Okay, so she she's got, you know, she can What's probably bear ten kids. That's more you know, that's more product for my, you know, my plantation. So mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, it, it could be a parallel to it. There is a parallel. And, and Kwame, you know what? Too real quick. So when you when you when you when you make that point, um, and this is something I I I say this in my classes too, man. Um, um, but see, uh, black aggression is a billion dollar business, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime we are combating, and, and coach, I like to say this too. So obviously, behind the arc is a three point. It's worth three points, right? And when you write on that box and you get that layup or that when, when the dunk, you get that, you get the dunk off the box. I like to say, well, is the crowd more excited behind the three-pointer or are they more excited behind that dunk right in front of the goal? And typically, a lot of times, if you notice, the three-pointer, it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll get some butts out of the seat. It'll get them excited. But that aggressive dunk, it makes everybody just go wild, but it's only worth two points. But what is it? What is it about that black aggression that makes that dunk so much more impactful than those three points? You see what I'm saying? Um, and it, same thing with reality TV. All that, I, yo, you can pay me to watch reality TV. My damn head will start hurting. All the fussing and all the arguing, but the ratings are super high. You see what yeah. I'm saying? And I think that goes back to that whole plantation and buck breaking thing where it's something about that black talent and that black aggression, man. It just, 
it's it's just it's it's a billion dollar business. So yeah. well, when we was doing research for this, I was somebody had told me um about this topic. Someone had told me that I should get um the book by Michael Bennett. Okay. Um what is it called? The things that make white people uncomfortable. Right. They talk about this this act this very topic, especially related to sports. So mm-hmm. right. I'm gonna if anybody out. out there want to get that, I think we should no, check it out. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, before I switch to um, topics, I, I did want to ask another kind of sports-related uh, question. Like, with, with this, I'm just curious because, you know, you know, you're a coach and you might look at way different than somebody who's just a fan. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts about the transfer portal, though? Like, how, you know, do you see it as a benefit or you see it, like, as not a good thing? Um, it, I, I have missed, I have mixed, mixed feelings about it as a fan, but I, I don't, of course, I'm not a coach, and that's not my career. So I'm just like, what's your thoughts on that? What's it called? The transfer portal? The transfer yeah. portal, when people can just transfer without having to redshirt and sit out a year before they play with a new team or a new school. Yeah, I don't, you know, again, it's a, it's a, it's a deeper issue for me. Okay. Um, because, and I'll be completely honest with you, I, I've never – told anybody this I always kind of keep my mouth shut on it but um you know I think the transfer portal is just a a injustice to these young student athletes Mm -hmm. right and don't get me wrong I'm pro student athlete why because me being a student athlete got me into the position I am so anything to help and benefit these guys Mm -hmm. I'm all for it Mm -hmm. um but sometimes it's like your mama telling you, you know, you can't go to McDonald's and you think she's the worst parent in the world. She's really saving your life, right? She's really saving your life, right? And so here's how I look at it, man. Um, I, I come from a place where, you know, as I, I'm just fortunate to be here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I was born in Boston in Orchard Park Projects. Then I moved down to Raleigh and Lane Street Project. So I spent over half my life in poverty. Mm-hmm. So I, I quickly identified with that quote from Jay-Z. I seen who dreams deflate like a true fiend's weight. I seen it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so part of my purpose and my blessing from God, I feel, is that he allowed me to help these young Black men and prepare them for life by using basketball as a metaphor to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my purpose in life. That's how I feel. With that said, it's only one percent that go to the next level. Like it's one. One percent. Like one percent. So when the NCAA granted these young men and young women the opportunity to just go to a school, if they don't like it, transfer to another school, play the following year. If they don't like that, go to another school and transfer the following year. Like, and then you have people who really don't understand the business of basketball mm-hmm. and they, they really don't care, but they'll comment on it just to generate some traffic through their page and momentum and say, yeah, that's right. Uh, make sure the kids can do what they want to do and let, let them transfer and that. Well, let me tell you how this is, this is where it takes a U-turn, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say a kid, because I was all for a kid transferring and having to sit out one year mm-hmm. and then play the following year. Right. I was all for that. But the transferring and playing right away, I'm not for that. And here's why. Let's say a kid 
comes out of poverty or these unfortunate situations. He's the first person in his family to go to college like like I was. Mm -hmm. Let's say he goes to NC State for two years. Um, let's say he has 50 hours at NC State, but now mm -hmm. he wants to transfer to North Carolina Central University, right? Mm -hmm. We're gonna, let's say he got 50 hours at NC State, he transfers to North Carolina Central. We're not gonna accept all of those credits because wow. we're a different institutions, mm -hmm. right? So now we might accept 40 of those 50, mm -hmm. but now he's able to play right away, right? And in a perfect world, let's give him 30 out. Right. He has 70 hours. Now he leaves North Carolina Central and go to Duke, mm -hmm. right? They're not going to accept all those credits because it's a different institution. Mm -hmm. So let's say now he has 65 total credits, but he's a senior, right? And so now let's say I give him another perfect double semester. He gets 30 hours a year. Now he has 95 credits mm -hmm. and he's short graduation, 30 credits. 30. What happens to that kid? See, nobody ever talks about that. No, no, nobody tweets on behalf of that kid when his career is done. He can't find nobody. And that's how Hoop dreams deflate like a true thing. Now, what does he do, right? Because he, he, he has a 2.1 GPA. Well, he went, he was just barely eligible just to play basketball. Nobody gave a damn. The girls don't love him no more because he ain't got the sweatsuit on and he ain't a pro. Y'all know how that one go. Yeah. <laughs> Who's gonna? What corporation is gonna give you a job with a two point one? Yeah, right. right. And, you're, and you're short your degree. You don't even have a degree. Wow, so now degree. you're no better than the guy that dropped out of your high school in tenth grade and became a plumber. Right. He's actually way you better than you ever. Right. And right. you and I both know what that kid that I'm talking about. We know what he looks like. Yeah, we do. So yeah. That's what I'm standing up for. Mm. Now, let's take this scenario. He He's at NC State. He stays two years at NC State. He decided to transfer to North Carolina Central, right? We take 40 credits again. But now he's at North Carolina Central. He sits out a year and get a chance to re-earn a lot of those credits. So we give him 30 credits. So now going into his junior year, he got 70 credits. Now he's playing the following year. He right. got 100 credits. Now he's playing the following year again. He's at 125. He spent five years to get four. He's got earned this degree. He's a graduate. His mama's proud. Mission accomplished. If he make it to the NBA, God bless him. But if he don't, we got something you're going to fall back on. And you ain't leave here without this degree. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So mm -hmm. these are young black men. And even the people that so-called supporting these guys are getting lost. Right? Because everybody focuses on the 1%. Right, the, the John. 1%. Look, man, I had John Walls. John Walls, me and John Wall from the same neighborhood. Man. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. like this was the number one player in the country from no the time he was thirteen years old. Right, so nobody's gonna have the John Wall career. Right. That man only made two hundred fifty million dollars, three hundred million, whatever, whatever. But everybody want to celebrate John Wall, but we'll celebrate the million more that came and tried to be John Wall, and it ain't work out. Right. And it right? didn't work out. And so that's, and y'all know how it is. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's how it is. I was a damn good basketball player, but I ain't making yeah. it to the NBA, bro. And I tell these kids, look, none of y'all better than me. I hate to play that card on them, but sometimes yeah. you, 
for the truth. And what our young kids are missing, and they're missing the truth. As black men, they're missing the truth, man. Yeah. And that's my job yeah. to give them the truth. And the truth don't always feel good. You know what I'm saying? I, I showed them something the other day. And Jermaine, it's to your point with the owners. I told our black, because I heard them complaining, like, man, there's a locker room complaining about something, bro. Right, mm. and I spoil these dudes like no other. Yes, Man, you do. Get Fourteen pairs of sneakers. Yes, you do. Right? <laughs> you get four meals a week after practice. Mm. Right, you, they have no reason to complain, but they, they're just complaining. Right. And I showed mm. them a picture, and I told my manager, I said, "Show me." I said, "I want you to go to Google Images, and Google July 4, 1776, and and Google and and print off the signing of the Declaration of Independence." And I bought it to practice. And I said, y'all doing all this complaining. The biggest trick the devil ever did was try to convince a black man that his feelings matter in this world. I said, so I'm going to show you this picture. <laughs> and I'm going to show you this picture. And I gave all of them a picture of the Declaration of Independence. I said, now, I want you to point out, when they say your forefathers of this country, this is who they talking about. Right. So all I see is a bunch of dudes with some wigs, some stockings, and some capri pants on, That's sitting right. on the table with some ink feather <laughs> so I right. want you to point out which one of these dudes wrote you into legislation and said, hey, man, uh, <laughs> before we sign this thing, before the ink dry, let's make sure we include Lavelle Fillings in here. <laughs> like, who, who, who in here was advocating on your behalf? Please point it there so I can. Let me know. Please. <laughs> Let me know. Right. Half of them own people that look like you, so they didn't care. Right. So let me know, and it's a reality check for these dudes, man. Absolutely. Times I'm the last. I'm in a unique position because I'm the last one that care about them. Mm -hmm. When they leave me, it ain't no. It ain't huh? you. Ain't got another coach. Right. This is it. Right. This. This is it. And mm -hmm. y'all know how right. it go, man. Like it's yeah. even if you got your stuff together, them first two years out here in this real world is real. <laughs> Is real, ain't it? <laughs> when you got it together, when you got right? it together, imagine mm. going out there when it ain't together, and you'll know you don't have a clue on where mm. you're going. You don't even know how to cultivate and foster relationships. Mm. Mm. Not the girl that you thought loved you so much, she don't love you no more. Mm. You know what I'm saying? She and, and nor should she because you promised that you were going to the NBA, so technically you lied to her. <laughs> I'm wasting my time. You wasted right. your time. The only reason she winked and allowed you yeah. to do what you did was because right. she thought you was going to the NBA. But now that you was high at the time, it's over. Right. I tell you, man, the only people that's loved, like y'all thinking you're loved in this country, man. Like the only, the only people that's loved in this country is a woman, children, and dogs. And dogs. Yes. That's yeah. it. Right. Men are only loved under the condition that they can provide something. Absolutely. Every year. And coach, and coach, Damn. you know what? I preached this on our last episode, coach. And, and again, I'm so happy that you came. And every time I think about you, coach, I think about when Donald Williams used to come to McDougal Gymnasium when Donald was playing at Carolina. I think it's your, it's your cousin or something, cousin. right? That's my first right. cousin. Yeah. And, 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 and I used to talk to Donald when you was on the floor doing your thing and stuff like that. But my point is, I told Jamie and I told Kashawa and Kwame, as black men, we have to do a better job of supporting one another without the heavy lifting. Meaning, if someone is in position 
to assist someone in any capacity. We gotta do it because we, we're all we have, man. It's, it's, it shouldn't be a lot of headache to get to someone. I mean, I know we all, we're all doing our things, but if somebody's doing something substantial, man, we gotta support it and we should be able to find a way to be a part of it because you just said it, coach. No one is going to emotionally carry us. It's hard enough just existing out here today and in, the, in, in these spaces. And coach, you get, you. I, I know you can relate I'm, I'm, I'm in white space all day. I'm the only black man in my department out of 130 people. I'm the only black man in my department. So, and that's why I'm so passionate about education. I'm so passionate about learning. And I'm also passionate about assisting black men um, and just being available when I can be, you, you know, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's love, man. And it's much needed. And, and honestly, Jay, my whole thing is, I, it's not, we already know what we're up against, right? Y'all can talk for 10 minutes, I can talk for 10 minutes and we'll get a bunch of cosigns like, yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause we already know, right? Mm -hmm. But my thing is, when are we gonna come together and resolve this issue, right? Because I told someone the other day, I was like, let me ask you something, man. I said, um, if let's say you 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 met a, a young lady and you were single and you lived at home and I'm 48 years old, right? So let's say you lived at home and you're 48 years old and you still living at home with your mom and you know allowing your mom to carry in and do whatever and asking your mom when you're gonna go buy something to eat and all you know all that type of stuff, right? Yeah. I said, do you think this woman would ever respect you? And he was like, nah. I said, I believe that's how white folks look at us. Mm. Mm. We have the ability to do stuff on our own, but we still in our mom's, mom's house mm. with the mentality instead of just reuniting. Right. Man, like, I don't mean to go back, but the one thing I loved about the Black Panthers, man, they organized and they tried, like they were so young and they were so aggressive, but they organized and they had a plan and they, right. they established breakfast programs and they want to, they got off their ass and stopped talking about it, man. You know what right. I'm saying? Very we got resources to put together to establish banks, our yeah. own schools, our own um, hospitals, our own media, right? right? Think about, just think about the media. When you hear a report about a black person, it's mm -hmm. from a white media outlet. Right, who, who released the report, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree, yes. They tell you whatever they want to tell you. Yeah, I tell you everything. And they how they want to tell people. people. Whatever it is. And we right. know how powerful the media is, right? Yeah. Because no one cares about the truth anymore when the lies way more entertaining, right? right? So you can, you can, we see it every day on social media. We'll see mm -hmm. two people fighting and the caption might be, uh, homie just beat up this girl because she caught them as an N-word or whatever. We don't mm -hmm. know if that's true or not, mm -hmm. but just the caption like, has planted the seeds in our mind that we're like, yo, get a dude, get, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. That's been the trick that's been played on us for years. You find what I'm saying? So my yeah. thing is, when are we gonna come together, establish our own, and I always go after the children. Like, let's do this for the kids, right? Yeah. And build a strong child base 
then you're building a strong family network. And I try to do as much as I possibly can. I don't, don't try to be a talker. My foundation, I try to touch everybody from fathers to women to, to children. I try. I'm one man. I ain't trying to save the world right. because I know what happened to Martin. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And, and so you know because black people at the end of the day, we have shown that we don't even appreciate you. No. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we just celebrate Martin Luther King Day and I'm looking like. Everybody cherry pick a Martin Luther King quote and post it on social media. It's the same right. one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is his family, why do they ever have to pay to go eat anywhere? Why do they ever have to pay mortgage or rent or wherever they stand? Because they lost their father because he was sacrificing for us. So why haven't right. we started to fund me for, from now until perpetuity? Right. Martin Luther King. Right. But he died broke. Mm-hmm. Malcolm died with $200 in his pocket. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it ain't no value in that neither. So I ain't trying to leave an entire right. race or whatever. I'm just right. saying, as black men, I think now we have no excuses. We got enough resources mm-hmm. to bring this together. And access. And uh, in, in access, right? To bring mm-hmm. this thing together right. and really make it work, man, and decide what we're going to do. But what we do, we laugh at people when they try, right? right? We're laughing. I've seen people laughing at Dr. Umar, whether you like him or not. The dude that's trying to get a school. He's trying. Yeah, right. They laugh at him, bro. And so I'm like, we don't even know what we want because we're our own worst enemy. So I don't even put it in the 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 yeah. owners of NFL teams or the owners of NBA teams or the presidents of PWIs or whatever, whatever. I'm always one to believe that the solution is with us. We're smart enough, we're educated mm-hmm. enough. We we have way more opportunities and access than our parents and grandparents ever had. They paid for the way they did, right? Yeah. I, I saw, I saw, I was in Atlanta. I saw Tip, um, David Banner, and Killer Mike. They were talking to Dick Gregory one time, mm-hmm. right? And this was, you know, at the end of Dick Gregory's life. Mm-hmm. Dick Gregory went up to them and said, y'all, y'all doing the same thing that we the did. The same thing? Fuck Mark. nigga, get off your ass and do something. That was, you know, we didn't have no victory. Y'all marching? Y'all doing the same thing that we did. You know what I'm saying? Y'all right. protesting. Y'all doing the same thing that we did. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my goodness, that was real. <laughs> right? right? So we're still trying to do the same thing 60 years ago, bro. Right. And it starts with ownership, like you said, Jay. At the end of the day, we just got to figure out what life is really like. And for us, it's really a monopoly board game, mm-hmm. right? And the problem with us is the, 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 per, the premise of monopoly is to go around the board, gather as much land, wealth, uh, railroads, water, utilities that you can possibly gather and own it in possession. And then if right. you gather property, you build the property up and hope somebody land on your property and pay you rent. And that's how you create generational wealth for yourself. Right. 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 The problem with black people is we've been going around that board of monopoly and we ain't own nothing. No assets. We ain't no. bought nothing. Yep. We just right? keep passing go. We keep passing go. We're just hoping to not to land on free parking mm-hmm. and community chest. Right, you can go to jail though. This property, and two things gonna happen either you're going to jail or you're going broke. You're going to take some rent. So, we don't have any assets, Mm -hmm. right? 
a wise man, man, this, this, this OG in my hood, when I was 10 years old, man, he told me something that hurt me to death, but I was like, damn, it was so heavy. He was like, yo, you know your great grandfather? And I was like, nah. He said, you don't know his name? And I was like, nah. He said, you know why you don't know his name? And I said, why? He said, because he ain't leave you nothing. Mm. Damn. Damn. <laughs> right? So I was like, thankfully, I know mine. He left us something. That's crazy that you said that. That is crazy. Crazy, right? My entire life, I've just been working to leave my kids something. Mm -hmm. Right. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's a that's the big picture of where we are as black people, right? We're so distracted, we're so right. emotionally attached to bullshit, right? Right. Because we're, we're so caught up in the memes and we right. share stupid shit, and we all guilty of it. Like you know what I'm saying? But we miss out on the big picture. Right. The big picture is mobilizing and creating a better tomorrow for our kids yes. and their kids. Right. And we mm -hmm. ain't done that. We're dropping the ball. With right. Yeah, we at it. But right. God forbid, if any of us leave, then what they what they get to do with it? Right. When we're talking about that school system where it got a history book of five black people, how do we change that? Right. Let's start old schools. Right. Let's start old schools across the country. Right. right. Organize that. Well, now we can teach black history, and so our kids can feel better about themselves. Our mm. kids will feel better about themselves, and not just want to be a rapper or entertainer or right. athlete. Mm -hmm. if they do that their ancestors created math and science. Mm. They knew their ancestors built the pyramids, which is the most foundational thing on earth. I don't care what storm comes, what, what hurricane comes, what tornado mm. comes, the pyramids are yeah. mm. You follow what I'm but, saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's entertained. That's all we want to do. And so now when they say shut up and dribble or shut up and dance, we get mad. And they ain't got no right to say that. Please don't get that twisted. But that's all they oh, see us as entertainers. Right? Because we got to create a bigger picture for our youth, man. So it's, right. it's I don't want to out talk everybody. My bad. <laughs> no, no it's you all good. good. <laughs> we, you good. You, you definitely giving us what we need. Well, yeah, yeah we definitely man. talking about, like, um, like I said, the leadership and stuff. And that's kind of going to the next topic in, in, in regards of identifying leaders of a friend group. And it can be, like you said, coach, it can be, you know, you identifying your, your players, just people on campus or just in general, or like just going out and you can like tell this person is actually the person that's kind of making things happen within that group. What are the signs and what are the, uh, yeah, I guess the signs that, that you see, like when you can tell that person is kind of running the show as, as far as the group goes. And I don't know it's if hard. that. It's hard to identify. Um, I just spoke to some middle school and high school coaches. And the first question they what they coach asked is very similar to yours. They said, um, Coach, how do you deal with leadership? How do we get leaders? And I said, when you know, let me know. <laughs> because you're talking to the leader of North Carolina Central basketball team right now, right? And the reason is like, like these kids, these generations, and, and this is what I mean as parents. And, and, and the kids always get the blame. Right. Let me be let me be clear. The kids always get the blame, but it ain't the kids' fault. It's our fault. Yeah. Right? It's the it's the people in positions of leadership. It's the parents, number one. Right. Because all of a sudden these parents want to be people's friends. They want to be their child's friends, right? That's the first problem. It's the teachers, yeah. it's the coaches, it's the next door neighbors, it's the people in the community. Nobody holds these kids accountable anymore. 
kids have always been crazy and rebellious. We were right. the same way. Right. The difference is our mama ain't compromised. Right, right. Uh -huh. Difference was when we walked in this store, five feet before we entered, our mama said, don't, don't you touch nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yep. And she meant it. Right. Go in there and pick something up. And where <laughs> act up at, that's where you got your ass whooped. You follow that. I ain't condoning ass that. I know it's a different thing, but my point is, our mamas ain't played. My yeah. grandmas ain't played. If I didn't have a father, but even the fathers that I knew, they didn't, didn't play, play, right? Mm. And they relay that message to your teachers, right? So you can go to school and disrespect no adult. You couldn't disrespect an adult nowhere in sight. Yeah. If so, the adult would beat your ass, and then your mama <laughs> perfect your strength. Yes. There was right. no compromising those things. Yeah, we nah. had leadership qualities because we were latchkey kids. Yeah. Yep. We got home before our mamas. Yep. Right. Right. Take care of our siblings. Now. If you had any siblings, if you were the oldest, you had to cook for them. Mm -hmm. You had to make sure everybody bathed. The emails back then or text messages back then was mama writing a letter Damn on the back of a bill saying, this house better be clean when I get home. Right. This trash better be taken out and so on and so no. forth. And so it was you were the leader of the house because you gathered everybody said, look, man, mom going to be here in 45 minutes now. Like, right. look, I can't, I can't go through this. Right? So right. Then in the summers, we went outside and played all day. You weren't in nobody's house. You went outside right. and played, right? Mm -hmm. So you learned the social skills to resolve conflict. Sometimes mm -hmm. you had to fight it out. Sometimes you had to talk it out. But 15 minutes later, you were friends, right? right. Then right. I was, it was crack being sold. So it was listen, yo. We ain't going over here. We going over there. Let's go up here and hoop. Let's get away from here. Let's mm -hmm. go over here. But we ain't going there. So on and so forth. Those are just leadership skills, right? But right. nowadays these kids don't have any leadership skills. Why? Right. Because they stayed inside their homes. They had helicopter parents. They never went outside mm. and solved any kind of conflict, right? They don't right. know what protection feels like. Yeah. Right? Yeah. God, you got to fail before you leave. You got to know. Yeah. You got to feel it. Yep. Yeah. How did we learn about rejection. When you walked to the mall, if there was a young lady that you were in, <laughs> she told you no. Your ass had to walk over. There. <laughs> <laughs> you had to hit her with the stuff. You had to be like, listen. You, know, you had to be like, especially if she with her friends, you know she's going to act a fool. Right. 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 <laughs> Man, but you got to walk over. You got to eat food. it. Yeah. Right? Ain't no Instagram to go but notice you from over there. My name is Lavelle, and you know, I know you got to go right now, but I would love to get to know you better. And she's right. gonna say, Okay, hear my number, or mm -hmm. I got a boyfriend, or mm -mm. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -mm. a lot of times, if you got that, mm -mm, you had to walk back over there, your boys <laughs> laughing at you, your head down. You. What did that make you do? It made you go home and work on your game and come a little right. stronger. Right. You know what I'm so now you in the mirror practicing on your on the next. You in the mirror now. Right. That's leadership because you had to learn yeah. to reject it. Right. These kids don't. They don't have rejection. Everybody mm -hmm. has right. always and all. Them, right from rejection, mm -hmm. and you learn. Right. And growth comes through failure when you're out mm -hmm. your comfort zone. So now we're asking them to come and lead fifteen other guys, and they ain't never led themselves. They went to no boys clubs, no Cub Scouts, no Boy Scouts, mm -hmm. no karate. They ain't done nothing on their own. Mm -hmm. Mama was always able to text them. Mm -hmm. That Daddy was too. 
we were, my mom ain't even know where I was, but she knew where I was <laughs> going to be before that street light came. Absolutely, absolutely, you know absolutely. Saying? Right, so that's leadership. Knowing that's leadership. What's the first thing of leadership? Being on time. Yeah, be on time. Absolutely. Get the street light if you want to. Right. So, Juan, to answer your question, it's harder and harder and more difficult to find leaders in this world because we're mm. not producing leaders. We're producing followers, right? right. Yeah, about, well, I got a thousand based followers. Based on how many followers you have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Everybody you get. follow somebody. Right, right, right. right. I'm seeing people follow more people than they have following them. Right. You know what I'm saying? So this society has seduced us into thinking like, yo, man, we don't need to develop young men or young women. Man, I got a single mother's celebration I do every year, man. Mm -hmm. And the first year, I didn't think I could get 100 women. And I got a hundred women. We're going in our ninth year. Last year we had two hundred and twenty-five women wow. on wow. our team. I said, "Look, man, some of these women are really beautiful in here from the outside, aesthetically, right?" right. I said, "But they're all single." Now I ain't blaming all my brothers, right? But let's mm. just say it's half and half. Half they fault, half the women fault. I said, "Eventually, a man done quit on them somewhere, and that man yeah. quit because he quit something when he was ten, and then he quit." Uh -huh. Yeah. Then he quit when he was 20. So now it's easy right. for him to quit on his family. Right? Nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing for right. him. Dude can walk away right. from his family and be like, you know what? I, you got it. I'm done. Like, right. I would never, I could never do that to my because to from the behavior. time I was five, six years old, I had what they now call tough love. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I was raised. And I wouldn't trade it for anything, man, because it gave me the principles of manhood to go out here and be a leader, a head of household, a father, a husband. And it ain't no complaining, ain't no excuses, man. Like mm -hmm. you can, when when Wells Fargo say this mortgage is due on the first, you can call them on the thirtieth and give them every excuse you want to. They'll listen. They'll be like, okay, when can we expect this payment? <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> That's just how it goes. Yeah. I tell my team, look, man, y'all spoil. In three months, you seniors, you can't swipe your ID and come in this cafeteria and eat for free no more. It's over. You don't appreciate this cafeteria meal because you get it every day. Right. Yeah. But the worst meal you'll ever have in your life is the one you can't afford. Right. Try that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. You want to see some nasty ass shit? Try that. You want to see some piece in this cereal? You want to see these? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah. an insight into our world, man, and it's no knock against the young men. You know, it's it's just that I'll end by saying this, like. You know, we have these parents and they we call them helicopter parents. And they just, you know, we were those of us who went to North Carolina Central University, what made us men and handle our business is the first week going to that financial aid office and handling our problems. Our yeah. mama would go do that for us, right? And so yeah. I had a I had a kid and his mom, like a couple of years ago, his mom called me and he was going into his senior year, and I was like, he was my point guard. And his mom was like, uh, man, you just too hard on him. Like, he can't never do nothing right and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and like, you just too much on him. And like, he, he he can't even play like that and blah, 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 being a mama. Yeah. And I told her, I said, I said, Jane Doe, um, you attractive woman. If you don't mind me asking, are you married? Mm. She said, no. I said, do you have a boyfriend? She said, no. So you attract a woman, why not? 
Oh, oh, coach, you know how it is. Like these, these Negroes out here, they, they ain't got no responsibility. They, 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 they only hold themselves accountable. Da, 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 da. So she went on. I said, right. I said, so why would you want me to raise your child to be somebody that you wouldn't even date yourself? Damn. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was sheer silence. Mm. She said, Coach, you got him. I'm sorry. You got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> Make me a man, please. You got to give some time, man, because again, I'm 1%. So I don't get the John Walls. Right. right. I get the Paul Walls. Right. 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 So sitting sideways. You ain't going to have the luxury of sitting back on 300 million and just chilling. When you got 300 right. million, you can do whatever. Like, you, whatever. Right. But you ain't gonna have the luxury of doing that, man. So you're gonna have to play by the rules that everybody else plays. Mm, right. That's what I try to do, man. So it's hard. Right. It's, it's really hard with what we do, man, especially when you care, because I care. Right. A lot of coaches don't care. They, they really don't care. Right. Right. <laughs> don't care. But I care, man. So I can't turn my back on them because I don't want nobody to turn. I know that's why God put me on this earth. So right. when you get the championships and all that, that's fun. And that's what we go after. Don't yeah. get it twisted. But it's the bigger lessons in it, man. Like, because I, I, I care so much. And when you care, you do it for the outcome and not necessarily the income. Right. Uh, that's, that's true, man. Hey, Jamie, how do you identify uh, a leader? And like I said, it don't All have right. to be in, you know, yeah. any kind of way. If it's, <laughs> if it's girls, it's the prettiest one or the ugliest one. <laughs> for obvious reasons. If she's pretty, she's leading them. <laughs> she's pretty she's leading them they're following her if she's the ugliest one she's pretty much the fullback linebacker nah I don't touch my friends so they need her therefore she's a de facto leader of the group mm-hmm. and she's, she's the one she's, she's, huh she the one got the keys when you, when you see them when, you, when they out yeah, yeah. she's, she's driving like, Let's go. We, we gotta she's go. driving she's telling them where to, we came together we leave together so she's the security of the group she's the leader she's the de facto <laughs> leader because she's security and we're gonna follow what she got the, you know, what she has assigned for us. That's your leader. You know, if you're looking for, if it's guys, it's the one with the car. <laughs> okay. It's the driver, because he gets to say, we come in, oh, we're okay. going okay. here. Right, right. These kids don't even have to get out the room no more. They don't even have to go. I mean, I'm talking about college kids. They don't even have to leave campus. I mean, they exactly. stay right where they are. They don't want to go to Duke. They want to yeah. stay in their room and play games or do or be on their phone. Yeah. Uh, that is, I picked that up when I was at Central. Was like, look, she's the leader. That's the one we need to to attack to separate the ones and, and get the one we want. Yeah, definitely. We friend her first. Yeah. You know what I mean, and then right. look yeah. at the other one. Like, Go for right. it. You got to infiltrate. You got to infiltrate. You got to pull the leader to the side and, and and make some decisions for her. Help her. Hey, look, we want to, um, you know, and then she'll make a decision for the group. <laughs> there you go, Jim. What about you, man? Yo, you said make a decision. You said me, yeah. you were breaking up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, okay, so listen, listen. So, okay, first of all, uh, Coach, I want to tell you, uh, we ain't got to have this conversation all the way now, but I had a, I had a point guard at the university in my class last semester. He did absolutely nothing in my class. Um, I tried to help him, Coach. I, I tried to set some stuff to the side for him, but um, try to figure out if he was going through something. But, um, yeah, he, he didn't do anything, man. And I use your name and I showed her some pictures of my university because I wear all the NCCU stuff in mm-hmm. there. But um, shit, he was like, man, he checked out on me. Anyway, 
So I'm speaking <laughs> on him when we talk about leaders. Here's something that I here's something that I look for. I don't care if it's a woman, a man, a Muslim, a Christian. A person who sees failure as an opportunity, I think to me that's a leader. So if folks who complain a lot, I can't do that. I can't have you in my orbit. Um, folks who see the glass half full and not half empty, those are the folks I'm, I'm genuinely attracted to because it's just innate in me just to grind and figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. The cloth I'm cut from and how I was raised and being raised by, you know, old heads who hustled, that's just always been in me. So um, and, and even when I, when I hear Christians talk about certain things and certain things and long story short, they falter when it gets hard. And I'm like, damn, everybody wants to be a Christian until it's time to be a Christian. Like, figure it out, right? So mm -hmm. if you can see yeah. failure, a person who sees failure as an opportunity, I think, I think at that point for me, that's what that they're, they're leaders in my eyes, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah, definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I'll go now. I can't do since you, you know, but uh, yeah, kind of the same way. I think like it's, it's I think it depends on the situation. I think also that on the situation, I think it's times when somebody may lead, also a time to follow. And like I said, and I, and I don't That's think, mm -hmm. and I don't think necessarily like the person who's most loudest or you know or a person who's in the quiet. I mean, you can kind of observe and just kind of see how the people around that particular group is is orbiting and who they kind of making decisions with. And like I said, it might not be the person with the keys, but the person who might be leading might be like, yeah, it's time to go. And, and the person mm -hmm. with the keys, whoever else gonna, are going to follow suit as well. So, sure. um, but also too, it might depend on the situation where they at. And it might be a time where, you know, you know, my homeboy got it this time. I'm gonna sit back and let them rock. You know what I'm saying? So I think this depends on the situation and how they um how they particularly move, you know, at that point. But mm -hmm. some people I guess um, now I'm thinking about it, sometimes in every situation they're trying to be, you know, to be the leader. So um yeah. and you you gotta have a sense of like as a you know, and y'all probably know this one of the hardest things to lead is grown people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we talking about man. athletes in my case, but it, I got grown people too that I got to lead. I got mm -hmm. coaches, I got a secretary, you know, I got a construction development. Like leading grown people is hard because they're yeah. set in their ways, right? And so, you know, it's simple for me, man. I, I just think you got to have a sense of humility and I think you got to be ready to adapt, right? Mm -hmm. So it's crazy because my secretary said this the other day, she's been working with me for four months. And she just stopped the other day. She was like, Coach, you're the you're the best boss I ever had. And I just laughed, but I knew what she meant, right? Because when I go to lunch, I buy her lunch. Every every day I go to lunch, I ask my entire staff, yo, y'all want something that's on me? So I'm bringing them back lunch, mm. right? Because I know that's how I would want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And so they don't always say, yeah, we want something, Coach, but I bring back and I go get it, right? Mm. But just knowing that they spend countless hours busting their butt for me, I can show that love and appreciation mm -hmm. by extending that olive branch, right? Mm -hmm. And I buy them. I, I, I try to give, and I, I try to give to her too, right? Here's a secretary who, like, you know, normally she's been asked to go out there and get the lunch. Go get it, yeah. Mm -hmm. I do, right? And so one thing I learned, man, um, I was in Detroit years ago. And I was in the 
the booth, the 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 press box. Mm. And Barry Gordy was up there. Mm. And you know, I, I like many of y'all, man, I just grew up on the like on Saturdays, my mama just played Motown records and we just cleaned the house. That's what it was. Smelled like Motown and Pine Saw in my house. <laughs> <laughs> While we watching wrestling and Soul Train. That's what it was. Yep. <laughs> That's what it was. That's and right. so I, I was crazy about Motown and the sound, man. So I wanted to visit the museum. And now I bump into Barry, Barry Gordy. And uh, Rashid Wallace introduces. And the truth. he was like, man, what you doing? I was like, man, I'm a coach. And he was like, oh, man. Like, he was fascinated by it. And I was like, man, you ain't got to pretend. He was like, man, there's no difference in what you do and what I do. I was like, man, yeah. Mr. Gordy. I said, Mr. Gordy, I don't mean no disrespect, but bro, 500 years from now, they're going to be playing these Motown songs and <laughs> everybody's going to be singing them. Like, I right. can't say anything. He's like, yeah, I get all that. He said, man, let me tell you a story. And he told me, he started telling me a story. And it's, the, it's one of the best things I've, I've heard and I, I applied every time, right? He said, in 1951, man, there was the kid named Stevlin Morris, right? Mm -hmm. That I, He said, man, the kid wanted to sing, but I ain't want him to sing because he played 13 instruments. He says, I was like, yo, just play your instruments. He said his mom was kind of crazy and on my back because she had a posse with him and wanted yeah. him to travel. She wanted a tutor and all this mm -hmm. type of stuff. All of he it. Said, so I invested four years or five years into this kid and I ain't get a return on my investment. Right. He said one night he goes on Apollo, he starts singing, the crowd goes at it, they love him. He said, We rush him back in the studio and we make an album and to establish that momentum. And he said, years later, the kids sued me for $2.5 million. Mm -hmm. I'm jacked up. I'm like, damn, who is that? Yeah. Who is Stevlin Morris? And he was like, You don't know him as yeah. Stevlin Morris. You yeah. know him as Stevie Wonder. Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, damn. He said, now. This kid done sued me for $2.5 million in the city. He's like, that's that's a lot of bread. That's right, a lot of bread right. now. That's a lot of bread right now. And he said, man, I was hurt because I invested so much. I believed in him when nobody else believed in him and so on and so forth. So he was like, I was so hurt that I told everybody, don't bring your kids up to work. No, ain't no more, ain't no more Motown picnics. Don't bring your kids. Don't ask any you kids. Don't bring me no kid acts. Don't do nothing. I don't want to hear nothing about no kids. He said years later, his assistant Suzanne DePass yep. comes to him and says, uh, Mr. Gordy, it's five dudes over here from Gary, Indiana. And you got to come see these kids. He was like, Didn't I tell you don't bring me no don't damn, bring no like, damn kids? And she said, Barry Gordy, if you, this her exact words, Barry Gordy, if you don't get your ass over here and look at these kids, he said, That's the only reason he got up because that's the first time she ever cussed at him. Mm. He said, there he see five kids. He see one of them performing James Brown. He runs back to his office, get the camera and 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 record it. And he said he think it's the greatest thing ever. Those five kids was the Jackson Five. The little one is Michael Jackson. He said, "Vel, the more of the story is, if I would allow the pain from Stevie Wonder mm. window and and consistently remain in me, I would have never discovered the greatest entertainer of all time. But I had wow. to adapt." And he yeah, said, right. "That's the biggest leadership trait you're gonna have to have." Is the ability to adapt. So when we yeah, think about HBCUs, mm -hmm. what's the what's the trait that leaders lack? The ability to adapt. They will quickly mm -hmm. tell you, man, we did it. We've been doing it like this since 1985. Well, that's the <laughs> problem. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. you know 
We talked about it two weeks we ago. We just talked about this. We, we just talked about, about it. What are you living in the world with? Man, you got to change so much because this stuff like an iPhone. The iPhone mm-hmm. 5 was hot when you got it two years when ago. You got it. But what, they on the 14 now? Yes. yes. They're laughing at your iPhone 5. That's how much this technology and this campus have to adapt. So you got to have people that's humble and willing to adapt to it. And that's the greatest lesson I learned from Barry Gordy, man. Like, yo, adapt. Don't get caught up in setting your ways. Just because it worked five years ago don't mean it's a new generation, bro. Right, right. It's new. And y'all hear it all the time where we hear there's producers or rappers that Mm. that we used to love, but they can't even, they can't connect with these young people because they still think you're supposed to rap like Nas. Yeah. Yeah. Like man, he, man, he don't sound like Nas. Why would he sound like Nas? Oh, right. like projects, like ain't no more projects. Everything gentrified. Well, I'm good now. So he ain't got no Illmatic <laughs> in him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All he can rap about is, is three thousand square foot homes and, and yes, right, right. And the basement, basement, TV, and whatever. You see what right. I'm saying? So don't you got to be able to adapt in any field, man? I just think that's the right. biggest quality of a leader. That's real. At last, you can show real talk. Yeah, yeah. It would, man. Let me say. Let me say this. Okay, so leadership comes in so many different forms and times. I think we all have the ability to be leaders. It's just a matter of when it's going to show up. Um, but I feel like for me, when I identify a leader, is someone who is someone who can guide, someone who can motivate, someone who can can inspire. You know what I mean? Those are the qualities I look for in a leader, which goes to our next segment, which is our dose of dopeness segment. And I feel like, (laughs) let me say this, coach, the dose of dopeness segment tonight is is so well deserved (laughs) because you have just really educated me personally, on a lot of stuff that I never thought about, you put a lot of stuff in perspective for me. So our dose of dopeness segment is always deserved, but it's is hella deserved tonight. So without further ado, our dose of dopeness goes to a father, a husband, a brother, a coach. I mean, the list goes on and on. Go just, just it just goes. <laughs> so the dose of dopeness for this evening goes to none other than. Coach Lavelle Mullen. Man, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Brothers recognizing me, having me. It's a joy. It's a pleasure. You know, I got the utmost respect for you guys, man, and what you do and how you're shaping lives and changing the world each and every day, man. And we're just all trying to do our part. You know? Yeah. So this is the time. This is the time when you let the world know, you know, and our listeners what you know more about you what you have going on in the future what you're looking forward to in 2023 with the team you know, with your foundation like this is the time yeah. so you have the floor dope man i appreciate it um you know obviously first things first we gonna the main thing is the main thing and that's the, main that's thing. the basketball squad man so you know we're, we're coming together uh it's a tough conference right but i love my team man and we're just trying to Figured out right now. I had another good win. We dropped, should be three and no. We dropped one to Morgan State. Morgan State. We was there. Morgan State. We was there. <laughs> yeah. We was there. Yeah. Yeah. That that hurt, man. But you know, it's 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 those life lessons. And sometimes you got to learn through discomfort, mm-hmm. right? Right. Growth never comes from your comfort zone. And um, 
you know, we got a good Delaware State team coming in here on Saturday. And so we get we got great fan support, man. And, you know, this our standard is championships, period. I told those that's guys, right. you put in the paper, you know what it is. And that's that's just what it is. We've had right. enough success that we kind of spoiled everybody. But, you know, it's, it's pressure is a privilege, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, pressure is a privilege. Right. Pressure is a privilege. <laughs> right? like no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Right? And so um, they're working hard to do that, man. Um, and we're working hard to graduate them and, you know, get them and be successful citizens and productive citizens out here in this world, because that's that's super, super important and imperative to me. Um, my Bell Cares Foundation, man, that's that's something that, you know, means a lot to me, man, um, because I, I come from humble beginnings and I come from a place where people always ask, like, why you do so much? And I say, because so much was done for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Man, y'all don't like. You have you have no clue on how poor I was, right? You that's why I tell people like you have no clue mm-hmm. on growing up the way I grew up, man, right? Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for anything, right? And now right. you you bring in the cracker into that, man. It was a, it was a mess, mm-hmm. right? But I survived it, God willing. I had an incredible mom, had a loving grandmother, and. You know, there are people who still in that community with the same struggles that you'll never hear about because they made me a fish sandwich um, and sold fish plates for me to fund my AAU tournaments because I ain't had the money or, or buy, buy me some new shoes. Or when my mom went home, they let me go to their house and and, yeah. and eat. I put my knees under their table, right? Mm-hmm. Our neighborhood was so crazy, man. You could order a pizza. And once they ask you their, your address for delivery, they said, no, nah, we ain't coming over there. So mm-hmm. pizza even deliver right so it was crazy and those people still remain in those communities and i try to go back and help them man because they supported me when i was a, when i was a a, a kid and right. i try to help them through you know i got my bell cares foundation where we do a back to school giveaway and get school supplies and 700 pairs of shoes and haircuts and manicures and pedicures for the young men and women. Um, I have a single mother's event where I honor 200 single moms every year. We probably give away over a hundred thousand dollars worth of prizes. I collaborated with Google. So, um, I could, you know, I don't want to be nobody gatekeeper. I meet these amazing people, but my thing is, okay. So what you met the vice president of Google, what you going to do with that? Like that, right? And so my thing is, you can't lead the people unless you can feed the people. So I told them, I called them one day. I said, "Man, since our our TP is becoming the number one place to live in America, and it's essentially becoming the Silicon Valley of the South," I said, "How about you give me some scholarships where Black people can take certification Google courses?" in the field of tech. And at the end of those certification courses, they can be certified in project management or, mm. design or IT design or whatever it may be, right? Mm-hmm. I said, I'll get the people, you just provide the scholarships. And they was like, you will really do that? And I was like, yeah, they said, we've been trying to do that forever. So they it. wanted to collaborate with me and I knew why they wanted to collaborate because I got the street cred, I get it, right? Mm-hmm. They was like, we couldn't get a hundred people. I, I said, man, just let me have it. We had 383 people in the first hour, right? Mm. So have that scholarship. So now you go through that program um, and it, it'll take you probably six to eight months, whatever it's going to be. But at the completion of that program, you'll now be connected into uh, Cree, Lenovo, Cisco, one of those Fortune 500 companies. And now mm. you're making 
eighty-five to ninety-four thousand dollars, and now you're in the tech world and you just switch and transform careers, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what we got to kind of do for our people. That's awesome. That talk, but ninety-nine percent oh. of the problems in our community is plagued by the lack of resources and finance wow. to mm -hmm. give people jobs. Mm -hmm. That that makes it a little better, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? The only people that say money ain't everything. It ain't everything, but it's a hell of a down payment on every all the other problems, right? Absolutely. <laughs> we've done we've done that with Google, man. Uh, I connected with Amazon. Same thing. Uh, a central graduate, Madupe Congress, and she's the head of diversity, equity, and inclusion. We grew up together, man. Really? This is a beautiful black sister, man, that's just navigated her way. Uh, through the ranks of Amazon, man, and she's giving and providing opportunities and resources for people of color. Employment, like she's mm. in, but do pay Congress and look up the name. Like, so she's incredible, man. Uh, I got a TV show called The Connect that I went into the school system, and I'll tell you exactly what it is. It ain't nothing but uh, Teen Summit. Y'all remember Teen, teen Summit? Summit right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> my version of Teen Summit, right? Mm -hmm. Where we give these kids a platform to live in a judgmental space, a free, uh, a no judgment space, space. Mm -hmm. right? where they can communicate because these kids ain't built the way we were built, right? No. They were really going through some things and we seeing it on the news and the internet every day and our heart breaks. So you got to allow them to speak openly and discuss their problems and so on and so forth. And it's it's been great, man, just establishing that. We got so much going on, man. And, and I got literacy programs where I partner with barbershops in RTP where, you know, when kids go in there, instead of looking and listening to grown men talk about Beyonce and Cardi B and Rihanna, mm. right? Now these kids, I, I partnered with the library and they got books within these uh, barbershops and the kid can read a book and mm. read the book when he get in the chair, if he can comprehend what he read back to his barber, then we pay half of his haircut, my foundation. Wow, that's mm. nice. so that's comprehension and so on and so forth because again, Jay, it's all about that education, right? Wow. And so you're just trying to make it fun to him and so on and so forth and you know, those are some of the programs that we established with the Vail Cares, man. And so my partners and I, we also um, started a construction development company. We saw all this gentrification happening in our old neighborhoods. Y'all seen it. It's happening in every city across the globe. Don't believe it. And it, it goes back to that Monopoly board game where who's, who's benefiting off of this, mm -hmm. right? And so we wanted to provide real affordable housing. Wow. Um, and I hate the term affordable housing. Right, because if you can afford to live in a house, and that's affordable housing. I live in affordable housing, right? That's right. But, well, yeah. You know these these prices done went through the roof. The taxes done went through the roof, and we got to provide a space for. Like, what good is a community if the teachers, the cafeteria workers, uh, the landscapers, mm -hmm. the workers, the EMS workers, the firemen, the police? What good is a community if they can't afford to live in it? They can't afford in the to town, live. let alone the right. community. You know what I'm saying? So think about, God forbid, somebody's grandma having chest pains and they call EMS and EMS got to come from 35 minutes away for a commute because they can't afford to live around the corner. Right. Y'all right. know how it was, man. Like, think about your elementary, high school, even the cafeteria people, the lady that served the green beans, the custodian at your high school who kept the school clean and the toilets clean. Like, those people are special. Those people mm -hmm. are special. Too. So oh, they were uh, an affordable space to live, right? And right. so back in our day, they used to catch the cat bus, but mm -hmm. no more transit like that, right? I don't, I don't see that happening no more neither. So 
we put our minds together to kind of affect change and provoke change for a bigger cause, man. And so that's I, I got a great team. I ain't doing none of this by myself. So a great team and a great group of individuals, man. But I just try to do my part because anybody can sit around a computer and talk about a problem. But it goes back to, hey, what are we going to do about it? We know the problem. We're going to barbershop and talk about the problem all day. Right. Now we'll mm-hmm. leave after we get our cut. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's what I'm on, man. So I appreciate you guys giving me that opportunity. We thank Absolutely. you very, very much. Um, like I said, we thank you for coming on. And we thank you for um, being that leader that we were just talking about. You know, yeah. thank you for, you know, leading our school <laughs> to championships. Yeah, it, it, yeah oh. you're, you're doing a lot, man. We, we really thank you. But most importantly, we just thank you yeah. for being a Black man who's trying to make change in the world. Black. You know what I mean? Black. I think that, that's very important. So I appreciate Absolutely. you guys. Keep doing what you do, man. You ever need me, y'all know how to get in touch with me. Let me know. Most definitely. Absolutely. So we want to thank you know Lavelle for kicking it with us tonight. You know, listeners, make sure you check him out on his IG, Lavelle Moten. Make sure you follow mm-hmm. us four times dope podcast on all social media platforms, IG, Twitter, and Facebook. And please do not forget about our merchandise, our four times dope merchandise that you can get at subject to change at www.shops2c.com. And until the next time, we are out. Thank <laughs> you.